Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book. I'm going to be reading from page 552, Freedom from Bondage. And it starts up at the top paragraph, the first paragraph that says, he said. So everyone got their books open? Paul, you got your book? Yeah. You yeah. got that page? Yes, I do. Because it's at the back, yeah? Yeah. I have it, yeah. All right, here we go. He said, in effect, if you have a resentment you want to be free of. Ineligible? Like you said, if we have more bags, it's a full flight. Can someone uh, mute that dude? It's muted. Um, thank you. He said, in effect, if you have a resentment you want to be free of, if you will pray for the person or the thing you, that you resent, you will be free. If you will ask in prayer for everything you want for yourself to be given to them, you will be free. Ask for their health, their prosperity, their happiness, and you will be free. Even when you don't really want it for them and your prayers are only words and you don't mean it, <clears throat> go ahead and do it anyway. Do it every day or two. Do it every day for two weeks and you will find you have come to mean it and to want it for them. And you will realize that where you used to feel bitterness and resentment and hatred, you now feel compassionate understanding and love. It worked for me then, and it has worked for me many times since, and it will work for me every time I am willing to work for it. Sometimes I have to ask first for the willingness, but it too always comes. And because it works for me, it'll work for all of us. Another great man says, the only real freedom a human being can ever know is doing what you ought to do because you want to do it. This great experience that released me from the bondage of hatred and replaced it with love is really just another affirmation of the truth I know. I get everything I need in Alcoholics Anonymous and everything I need I get. And when I get what I need, I invariably find that it was just what I wanted all the time. Over to you, Paul. Well, great. It's sort of self-explanatory. But uh, if you haven't read this story, it's a good one to read because it was it's a woman's story. And uh, of course, a down and out drinker. And she had this idea in her life that she had this resentment about her mother and that she believed or was believing the head that said she would do anything to get relief from this resentment. So then she uh, gets sober, starts getting sober, stops drinking, and then in the program recovery, and then she starts realizing that that whole story of she would do anything to get rid of this resentment, something in her was milking that resentment for a lot, a lot of uh, excuses and rationales for the other failures in her, in her life. So there was no way the head was wanting to give up this golden calf, yes, because it was just producing too much value. And that was an incredible recognition. So there she was stuck with this resentment, seemingly, or this resentment had her stuck about her mother. And she went to a, a dentist office or something, and she was 
looking at the magazines on the table and there was a article about from a clergyman about if you have a resentment you can't seem to get rid of or something like that and they he gave he put out this advice about praying for the person to have everything that you want and everything and so she applied that and she after in, in a short time when she thought of her mother, instead of thinking of her mother and having that trigger all the rationale and the resentments and everything else, she felt this compassion and this understanding and this love. So she's passing this on because obviously resentment is a number one offender for most alcoholics. So uh, it's a pretty good, and I've used, I, you know, in my uh, first years of sobriety, I met this uh, gal. It was a, it was a match made in uh, alcoholic heaven. I had six months; she had three months, and so we started going out. And both of us were in a unable to have a viable relationship with another human. Her her uh, coping with that was sleeping a lot and whatever. So so. Uh, that doesn't work. And after about a year or so, we pass, we separate, we go separate ways. And I had a lot of feeling for her. It was one of the first feelings that had come back, a strong feeling after being frozen in the addiction. I felt a lot of things I hadn't felt and they seemed to be directed towards her. And the, the feelings were like coming back alive. And uh, so I was outmatched really when she when we broke up and so i was at this aa thing like a little daytime thing in a very nice area where i lived near sausalito and i was there and by myself and then she walked in with her new boyfriend and it was almost as if a spotlight was on them and like rose petals were falling from the sky they looked like the perfect couple and i felt incredibly bad and resentful yeah to the point i had to leave the the thing i couldn't take it and i remember reading this thing and i applied it and i started to pray for her and her new future husband to have everything i wanted not meaning it at all but i followed the exact instruction and that day and for a few days every time her name came up in my head and him i felt this sort of malice and uh really just protection uh, of vulnerability, I actually felt. And over time, over the next few weeks, I had to do it longer than two weeks, the, the whole thing changed. So then when her head name came up in my head and this guy came with it, I felt fine. Yeah, it just changed the whole feeling. So I really saw the value of what this lady was putting out in my own life. And uh, I've, I had used it a number of times since then, mostly in the early years of sobriety. So uh, I'm quite uh, enamored of this talk, of this uh, share. So I'm going to just go over what she says here. He said, in effect, if you have a resentment, now the feeling really is resentment has you, I feel. Yeah. The way the head always translates everything is it puts you in front of everything but really you're after the resentment there's a feeling of all this angst and whatever and then there's you so to be clear 
to me, that's how it rolls. Like alcoholism has us. We don't have alcoholism. Yeah. Alcoholism has us and we're powerless seemingly under its effects. Yeah. In the condition where we arrive in when we get to sobriety. So, uh, so it says, if you have a resentment you want to be free of, if you will pray for this the person or the thing that you resent, you will be free. Now, the head does not want to be... What I'm talking about is the mental activity where the problem resides. That mental activity, resentment is a gold mine. It doesn't want to get rid of resentment. It's the way it feels right. Yeah, and a lot of other things. It It, it draws a lot of value out of resentment, even though you're not feeling it has any value, that parasitical movement in us, it's lifeblood to that. Yeah. Yeah. So if you will ask in prayer for everything you want for yourself to be given to you. So these are just the instructions and I followed them. Yeah. You will be free. Yeah. And for that, Pray for and for their health, their prosperity, their happiness, and you'll be free, even when you don't really want it for for them. This is another big thing in early recovery is to fake it till you make it. Yeah. You don't listen to you don't have to have the head on board with what you're doing because the head is where the problem resides. You just fucking do it. Yeah. Just show up if you don't feel like you're showing up on the on the, you know, on the uh the video cam, there you are. Yeah, when the head says you're not into this, but you're at the meeting, you're at the meeting. The head says you're not sober, but you haven't drink, you haven't drank. Yes. So this whole idea of doing this without having any real meaning about it, just fucking do it, and the effects still come. Yeah. So the fake it till you make it in a way. So don't uh do it every day for two weeks at a dive. Sometimes you can do it longer, shorter. You'll be the judge because the feeling changes in you. Yeah, that's my experience. Uh, it worked for that me then, and it, it has worked for me many, many times up, uh, since. And it will work for you, me for me every time. I am willing to work it. Sometimes I have to ask, but first for the willingness. This is a perfect description of the attitude when we're confronted with the, you know, the uh, bombardment of the disease. Yeah, it's a perfect thing about if you don't feel like you have the ability or your head is saying you don't have any interest in it, just ask for the willingness. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I have to ask first for the willingness, but it has always come. And I can't see this well. And because it works for me, it will work for all of us. Why is that? Why is that because it works for her, it will work for all of us? Because she's very clear we have a common problem. Even though we think we're unique individuals, what we're suffering under is not a unique individual event. Alcoholism is, a, is something that's shared. You don't have a unique form of alcoholism. Alcoholism is fucking building this sense of uniqueness in you so that you can, when it has you terminally unique, you're a goner, so to speak, really. 
So this idea that because it worked for her, she was sure it worked for everyone else, because I humbly believe she saw the commonality of the problem. Yeah, it says on page 64, being convinced self singular manifested in various ways is what has defeated us, plural. Yeah. So the plurality gets defeated by a singularity. So she has great confidence. It worked for her so she can pass it on. And I feel the same way about this message, tell you the truth. This great experience that released me from the bondage of hatred and replaced it with uh, love is really just another old affirmation of the truth I know. What is that truth? I get everything I need in Alcoholics Anonymous, everything I need to get. And when I get what I need, it invariably find that is what I wanted, basically. Yes, exactly. It's a beautiful three paragraphs. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Most of the time, and she, she was an example of it, when you get what you need, you realize that was what you wanted even though what was presenting what you wanted was not even close to that, yeah? So basically, the results of the program always uh, are a sort of a negation of what's been leading us in our life, which is the head. It's just a beautiful three paragraphs. So, uh, yeah, so if that happens, of course, have you ever met a lot of people in AA? They come in. They're the angriest person you ever met, and they don't feel like they have any resentment or anything like that. This is insane. Something has us and is using us for transportation and feeds us a story that's not even close to what the situation is. Are you the first one in your life that recognized you had a problem? Probably not. You're probably the last one in your life that recognized you had a problem. What's that about? Yeah. You seem to be able to recognize when you have a problem pretty well in a lot of other situations. But in this situation, you don't seem to rush to the recognition you have a problem because you're, the problem is talking to you as you. It's talking to you as you, and it's telling you you don't have a problem. Just tamper down a little bit. Just have one. Just don't rob your fucking sister-in-law's house. You know, rob your second cousin's house. <laughs> this is what it does. I mean, when he, when do we realize there's something that's in us that's not of us? It's almost as if something has entered the bloodstream and we can't tell the difference between it and the rest of the blood. Yeah. This is the bondage of self. The bondage of self is an activity we're under. It's not a thing that we're bound to. It's an activity we're under. Yeah. It's the disease of alcoholism. It talks to you as you. Yeah. And it tells you you don't have a problem. <laughs> or if you do have a problem, it's about everyone else other than the elephant in the room. It's amazing. Eh? <laughs> so... She's now talking completely about recovery. She's established in not drinking, yeah? And now she's into the real meat of it, which is recovery. So she's now recovering from 
an activity of the mental condition, which is resentment, she's recovering from that. And she finds a, a, a golden nugget and she's sure that it's going to work for everyone else because it's, we're all affected by a commonality, yeah? The disease of alcoholism. And it overrides our unique characters and our unique perspective, yeah? And it saddles us with the same perspective, an extreme self-centered view. Yeah. So we're looking at everything as how it pertains to me. And when and that me it's pertaining to ain't me. <laughs> it's something else. Yeah. So I'm living for that which is has taken me over. Really almost like a form of transportation. It can't get around. Alcoholism cannot buy alcohol. <laughs> it needs us to go to the liquor store. It does. It needs us to do a lot of shit. <laughs> so I'm happy to be here. The solution hasn't changed in the last three weeks. Yeah. The problem may have changed. It may have gotten worse. I'm hoping it got better, but the solution doesn't change. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Anyone want to share about it or, uh, You know, a lot of shit has happened over the 35 years I've been sober, but I've been sober <laughs> those 35 years, 35, almost 36 years now. Yeah, a lot of stuff, huge amount of things. Most of them I don't remember whatsoever. Yeah. Now, if they would have triggered me going back out, I probably would remember it. <laughs> but because there was no fire, I don't really have the, all the fire reports. Yeah. So it's just basically been an underlying sobriety uh, and a lot of life happening. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the deal. It says it's the specific target of recovery is to, is uh, to change the insanity that precedes the first drink. That's the promise the book gives us really. It says you'll be restored to sanity and what that sanity is, is concerning the insanity that precedes the first string. So you will, will, the whole program truly is not starting. Yeah. You just don't start anymore. <laughs> you don't, so you don't need to know all the recovery, num, you know, houses, their numbers only for other people. You don't need, you know, where's the detox? You don't need the police. You don't need paramedics you don't need like a roller deck filled with all those numbers because you don't start drinking <laughs> you don't start drinking that's the beauty of it yeah yeah and you know i don't know you know my experience is uh all all i really know and need to know is it works yeah i don't need to know how it works or why it works or i have my opinions and shit but really the meat of the on the bone is it works which uh most shit i ran into didn't <laughs> so this is one thing that has delivered the goods which is recovery and the support system's unbelievable even though you may hate everyone in the meeting you're at there's still a loving presence that you pick up in the room. Yes. And 
we may all be assholes, but together we produce a sweet bouquet, so to speak. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing how this power, you want to call it the higher power, uses us and produces a much larger sum than the parts could produce. Yeah. And I go to meetings and sometimes it could be, you know, a marathon on the problem talking about the problem, but you still have that sense of presence of the loving God expressing itself through our group conscience. Yeah. It's great. And when I walk out, I've forgotten every fucking story I just heard, but I don't forget that sense of grace. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. So, um, yeah. I'm a happy I'm a happy customer of recovery and its way of life and its design for living. It works. And if we're suffering from a commonality, I truly have faith it will work for you. Because it's not the you that we're targeting. It's the alcoholism. Yeah. You haven't. Uh, have you ever met alcoholics? Let's say I meet a thousand alcoholics. It's the same, same every time. Yeah. I don't meet the person that's called Steve. I meet the alcoholism that has Steve. And I know how it's going to go. <laughs> it's just I could write the script. I could be like the. I could be on TV as of being able to forecast the future for people. If I knew they were an active alcoholic and they brought them up from, from the audience, I would blow the audience away because I could describe the future of their life to a T without even knowing their first name. <laughs> because their name doesn't matter. They've been taken over by something. And I know what it's like because that something took me over. And now I have been relieved of that bondage and I can see they're not relieved of that bondage. Yeah. And so what's the first thing you may say? Go to a meeting. <laughs> After they tell you a 20 minute litany of all the problems that seem unsolvable to them, you bypass all that shit and you just go, go to a meeting. <laughs> to them, it makes absolutely no sense. And to me, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. So I'm happy to be here in, in uh, uh, my community. And uh, if you haven't been here before, there's a lot of web, there's a lot of YouTube Tuesdays and Thursdays. And we basically beat the same thing. We're attempting, I think we've succeeded actually, to provide... Uh, a repetitive uh, message about the exact nature of the wrong, which is captured on page 64, which is self is the exact nature of the wrong. Manifesting in various ways is what has defeated us. We will now look at its common manifestations, which means we're gonna do an inventory on what? Self's manifestations. And then the next paragraph says resentment. So resentment is a manifestation of self in your life, and let's just stop calling it ours, yeah? Because if you keep calling the alcoholics, the alcoholism's manifestations, you're taking yourself to be it, yeah? That's the bondage of self. When you listen to alcoholic thoughts and you call them yours, that's the bondage of self. When you're compelled and you're uh, driven to do something and you claim to be the doer of that action, that's the bondage of self, yes? 
the bondage of self. Yeah. When if you think that uh there's just so many, so many of it, but they've been recognized. And the first thing we do in recovery in the working steps, in my view of it, is to take do an inventory on that which has defeated us. It is not on us. I'm not a believer in that. I do not believe resentments are mine. I believe resentments come from a point of view called self-centeredness. Yeah. And it doesn't say Paul-centeredness, it says self-centeredness. Yeah. Your centeredness is not on Paul, but it's on Julie, let's say. But we're oh, we're bypassing the meaning of Julie and Paul, and we're looking at the self because all the centeredness is self. That's the bondage. Yeah. It's how we see things. Every time we do something, it says you're the doer. Every time you think, you're the thinker. Every time you feel, you're the feeler. Yet it can't describe a feeling, can it? It says when you're excited to go to Hawaii, it's it's fucking anxious. Yeah? It has no way. It doesn't. It can't recognize a feeling if it hits it right in the face. It just fucking tags it and says, okay. Yeah. Have you ever, ever had a great description of a feeling that was felt as conscious contact? Have you had a great uh, description of it from your head? Never. Never. It can describe resentment, not the feeling, but the, the who and the why. Everyone at a beer uh, at a bar tonight does the first two columns of the inventory. They know who they're mad at and they know why. And all it does is lead to another fucking drink. We go to see our role in things, not other people's role in things. That's the whole point of recovery, is to move away from how self looks at things to see how self looks at things by saying, what did I do? What was my role in this situation? And when you look at your role, you'll see self's role. And it's obvious because two of the descriptions of your role are called self-centeredness and self-seeking and frightened. I would say they're not yours. Yeah. Something has you and it's driving you. Yes. There you go. This is the this is where we're reflecting on the 12 steps. We're reflecting on the 12 steps from this recognition of the exact nature of the wrong. That's the reflections on the 12 steps. Yeah. Paul H. has really very little to do with it. The reflection on the 12 steps is available. Coming from the point of view of self is what has defeated us. And stop calling its manifestations our manifestations, please. Yeah, because you'll be like this lady. She was swearing up to the high heaven. She'd do anything to lose this resentment. And yet when she saw the underlying situation, that resentment was like the fucking golden cow the head was milking for every fucking excuse and rationale for what she saw were the failures of her life she was in a completely delusional state concerning that resentment what produced that the fucking thing that actually had the resentment which is self-centeredness yeah you are not the deluding agent the disease is the deluding agent it's deluding us by talking to us as us all freaking day. Yeah. That's why we 
look at look just do a sociological study of our community. Here we are thinking we're all unique and everything, and many of us end up at the same three parking spaces. Don't you seem to? It seems suspicious that being so special and unique, we would drive to the same place, institution, jails, and death. It seems like, wait a minute. And when I started driving, I didn't want to go to an institution, jail, or death. And I bet you everyone else that started driving didn't want to go to an institution, jails, and death. Yet here we are at the parking lot of an institution, jail, or death. Something is driving us. You are not the driver in this situation. You are the driven. Tell the truth. And maybe a new driver will take over, which is the higher power. And it won't drive you to institutions just to help people, maybe. But you'll leave the institution. <laughs> you won't stay there for three months. <laughs> I like going to jail when the door doesn't clang behind me. It's great. Yeah. It reminds me of a lot of shit. <laughs> So there you go. You come back eight years ago, come back five years from now, if I'm still alive, it's going to be the same message. Because I don't, I don't, I truly believe that every good that you do after not seeing this is going to be severely limited. Its effects are going to be limited because it's going to be self trying to get out of self. If you can see the aspects of self and recognize they're not you. Yeah. To me, that's what triggers the true, the true effects of our program. Yes. Yeah. You will not be trying to get out of self as self. The head will constantly be trying to get out of self as self, but you won't. Yeah. And you'll see that which you used to look from. You will see that that which used to direct you as being undirected by it. You will see there, from there. You will not be directed by it. And you will see its constant fucking directions. Yeah. It tells you to make a left, you don't. It says, stop, you keep going. Yeah, It's not the policeman on your fucking life's highway anymore. Nor the judge. Yeah. You're freed from the bondage of self. Like it says, the problem does not exist for you anymore. Pretty damn good for today, eh? How many problems that had this amount of influence on your life? Probably none. So you can't do it justice. For that insane weight of a problem not to exist for you is a fucking incredible good solution. I mean, it's like the best one in town. I mean, truly, to be walking today, not having any concern about where I'm going to get something or do something, it's just completely, uh, after a while, it can go unappreciated. That's why it's nice to see, go to a meeting, to see people suffering under this, and because it'll cause a great appreciation for that which has done for you what you couldn't do for yourself. Yeah, you will. You'll have a lot of gratitude. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, all right. And you, you want to share anyone? Kurt Z, come on in. Kurt. 
Uh, maybe go to, uh, there he is, Kurt. What's up? We can't hear you. There we go. How's that? Yes, you're in there. Yeah. All right. There we yeah. go. Can Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. So you know, this is a. I, I wanted to comment on this because this was this was crucial when, uh, you know, I drank in 19 years and I couldn't get released. I, I you know I knew what to do. I'd been in the program. I worked the program. I'd done. I crossed all the T's, dotted all the I's. Once I drank. I couldn't get released. I was bitching in a meeting one night about how my wife screwed everything up by leaving me. You know, of course, you know, I negated the fact I've been drinking for two years and tearing the whole house down. And a guy came out and he, gave, he said, look, he said, um, basically, he said, listen, if I write a prayer for you, will you say it? He said, I guarantee it'll work. And here's the prayer. God, please give Rhonda the very best that life has to offer. Please give her health, happiness, and prosperity, and please give her a peace and understanding she's never experienced before. That's the prayer. He said, I guarantee if you study that prayer, it'll work. And my comment to him was good because the bitch needs a change. That was my, you know, understanding. Yeah. Yes. But that, but, but, and I want to say this and I want to clarify. So I said that prayer, that prayer happened to me, but it didn't happen to me. What it did is it revealed the me that I'd been functioning from from 19 years. And the real me was present and there. And it's been that way for 14, 13 years. So that prayer, you know, uh, and and my relationship with my former wife, you know, you know, we were laughing the other day. So, you know, it's a far cry from 5159 police officers in the backyard, uh, the damage that was done. That's the beauty of the program. That stuff can be healed. So, you know, that's all I wanted to say. It's just, that was a profound, you know, um, it's just a profound, um, you know, I just am so grateful for, you know, people that would step outside the box. And uh, so that's all I got. Good to have you back, buddy. Oh, great. Nice to see you, Kurt. Yeah, these three paragraphs are very uh there's a, it's not like she's talking about the nuts and bolts, but she's really describing how it drives. And uh, if you've been driven by that same power, you can recognize. Yeah. Yeah. So I like it. I liked it. I haven't read it in a while. I appreciate Carrie for bringing it up. Yeah. It's got me. Yeah. Yeah. Because something's talking to you as you. And it and it is and it does have a resentment, but it's not you. So those aren't yours. The self-centered view gets resentful quite fucking a lot because it believes it has power it doesn't have. It thinks people should and would willingly love to do what I want them to do. And it gets frustrated when that doesn't happen. And it gets resentful quite a lot. And it also has that huge basis of anxiety. And every time it feels anxious, we mimic it and say, I feel anxious. This is the bondage of self. Let's say if Stanley was having uh, experiences and shit like that, and they were coming through me and I kept calling them mine, I would be identified as Stanley. Even though I'm Paul, you could describe the condition as 
identified as Stanley. Well, we're saying the same thing. We're identified as self. Self is a point of view and it's reacting from its weird view and getting super frustrated because its weird view doesn't work. People are not going to do what you want them to fucking do all the time and shit like that. So it's in a lot of anxiety. So it's constantly afraid. Yeah. Of losing what it has and not getting what it wants. We have, we have taken its frailties and made them ours. It's fucking insane. And we're even sober. We're still living as if we're that. So people are still afraid of shit. You know, and they have 40 years of sobriety. I mean, afraid of, oh, I'm going to drink or whatever today. You're probably not. Yeah. Yeah. So this thing is living a life through us. And it's describing its way of life and how it sees things to us. And we're taking its description of its view as our view. This is the bondage of self. Just tag that in the meeting, that three sentences, and just see it again. Listen to it again. Yeah, because I probably can't say it that way again. But seriously, it's presenting how it sees things to us. Yes? And then we adopt its view as our view. That's the underlying condition. I meet every people. I'm afraid. They didn't know what they were. Something said it in the head. And then there was a, a an act of being identified with that eye and then taken as this eye. Yeah? So we're living. <laughs> it's incredible. We're in the solution that's being described by the problem. Yeah? We're in the solution, listening to that which is the problem, describe it. Oh, this isn't going to work. I'm not going to get what I want. Bad, 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 bad. Let's concentrate on the people who I don't like there. Bad, 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 on and on and on. Yes? it's it's The activity is so blatant, it's getting away with murder right out in the open. Because everything it does through us, we say it was us doing it. That's the bondage of self. You want examples of the bondage of self? We just gave you about six of them. Yeah, that's examples of the bondage of self. When an alcoholic thought is presented and you believe it's your thought, that's the bondage of self. Yes? These are, these are all examples of it. Do you, what's going on over your day? It isn't you. You were in your day. Something else is going over your day. If something at it's at seven o'clock at night when you sit down to eat and you've been at a job all day and then the head breaks the news to you, you had a bad day, even though you were there the whole time. Yeah, we're so out to lunch. We take the, you know, that take, we start believing, oh, I had a bad day and start looking for why we had a bad day. The head just threw it out there. You had a bad day. It's insane. I don't feel like I'm sober. Are you sober? Yes. I don't feel like I'm sober. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I feel like I'm drunk. Have you drank? No. But I feel like I'm. No, you're not drunk. It's insane. Yeah. 
why not start recognizing with a bare bone principle of what is of us and what is not of us so we can start recognizing it in our own lives. So instead of being directed by something other than us, we can be directed by something as us, yeah? this higher power. Yeah. Hmm. It's so funny. I have a nephew that in a, has been going in and out for years, has also manic depression. Yeah. Every once in a while, I get a call. Sometimes I talk to Frank. Most of the times I talk to alcoholism. Yeah. I can tell in the first 10 seconds who's on the phone. Even though the video would be showing Frank is on the phone, there's something else that's being represented through Frank that ain't Frank. Yeah. So Frank calls me. I hear the first sentence. I know it's alcoholism. <laughs> so I'm there. Da 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 da. I don't like these people in the rehab. Da 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 da. I don't like these people in the rehab. But 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 what what brought you to the rehab? The rehab didn't send you an invitation. Yeah, you ended up in the rehab, listening to that thing that's fucking telling you about all the shit you hate about the rehab. So you're still listening to that shit that brought you to the rehab. Yeah, yeah. So whatever. Luckily in AA, we get weaned of uh, the, the great interest in an outcome. <laughs> it's just a matter of putting something out. I hope it helps, yeah? But my job is done is just to say what I'm saying. I don't know if it works, great. If it doesn't, great, you know? But uh, the, I haven't checked in, but I just wasn't hearing this in meetings. So that's why we started sharing. I would have loved not to say a thing. I could have been a circuit speaker probably by now, yeah? I could be going to Hawaii on all expense paid and just going over stories and having everyone laugh and laugh and laugh and walk in from the meeting and leave from the meeting under the same fucking misunderstanding. No. Yeah. I don't want to have relief as self. I want to be relieved from self. Yes. Yeah, it does. Just don't. So anyone else? I'm having my rant today. Day. It looks like uh, it looks like uh, John S. from Florida is unmuted. Yeah, John, you want to say something? Uh, thanks, Carrie. No, I'm just unmuted. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're all unmuted. Yeah. <laughs> We've been unmuted finally. What does the head do? It mutes us, doesn't it? It mutes us. We really don't know what's going on. How many feelings do you actually ever recognize, really? Do you know how they start? And do you know when they finish? Do you have any clue what a feeling is? Probably not. Listening from up here, because the head doesn't have any clue what a feeling is. It doesn't. It makes mistakes constantly. It thinks feeling a little bad is the beginning of a lifelong depression. 
<laughs> and when there's a good feeling, it squashes it pretty quickly. I don't deserve it. Uh, who? When are they going to find out I'm a fraud? Don't, how many examples do you need that what you're listening to has an incredible bias that's not benefiting your own welfare? It ain't. Yeah, it's not on your side. It's not an amigo. <laughs> it's not going to become your service animal. It's it's not gonna it's not gonna root for all your successes. It isn't. It has its own agenda. Yeah. Yeah. So stop calling it yours. That would be good. It has gotten to some of us to the point where we believe we hate ourselves. That's insane. I haven't seen a baby I've ever seen looking like they hated themselves. I didn't, never. Uh, I'm my own worst enemy. That's fucking heavy duty. Can you imagine saddled with that every day? I'm my own worst enemy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's just strip you of so many possibilities. I'm my own worst enemy. I hate myself. Uh, self hates self because it's not what it wants itself to be. It hates that it needs us. It does. It hates it. It doesn't like you. Look at if you were riding a bike, let's say you bought a bicycle, maybe only for 200 bucks. It doesn't really matter. If you're riding a bike and you're on the side and you you start falling into a, a trough, what do you try to save? You or the bike? Probably the bike. Yeah. Have you noticed that? I saw a video of a girl. They were they had a a, a camera on a in a bus above like where the driver was so you could see the other side and the first seats and on the in the first seat was a young girl and she was on her phone yeah and then the bus got into an accident and it was flipping over and they show this lady making 360 degree flips in midair and the only thing she's holding on to is the fucking phone unbelievable she she would have she would have she would lose her fucking left and right legs before that phone. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. I used to surf. You would you would run into you would fall into the rocks to save your board. Something that was four hundred dollars, maybe, or like fifty bucks. You were willing to get yourself fucking saved the board. This is insane. It's just crazy to me. It shows itself constantly. There's something in us that's not of us, and its value is we're not on. We're not even in the top ten of its value. It values a phone more than you it it values a surfboard more than you it values just let me die on the beach i can't afford the ambulance it values yeah come on did you get hurt in the water or did it get hurt in the water you got hurt in the water when you start coming around, it starts talking as you. You shouldn't have done that. 
come on. So anyone else? Can you start at the simple, just read page 64, third paragraph. Being convinced self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. We will now look at its, meaning self's, common manifestations. All right? This is one way of describing how to do the fourth step. Okay? Next paragraph, resentment. So resentment is a manifestation of self in one's life. One's life is not self's life. One's life is one's life. Self manifesting in one's life is what has defeated us. So resentment is a manifestation of self. When you speak about resentment, it usually is preceded with my, yes? My resentment. This dog loves the other cat, Mildred. I mean, yeah? like, sir, they just, they're the best. Got somebody in there, Carrie. You mute yourself there. Yes? So the my of the resentment is the bondage of self. The manifestation of self is not what's defeating us. It's I, it's the identification with the manifestation of self, which opens us up to defeat. Yes? So we're calling fear, my fear. Resentment, my resentment. Yeah? Thoughts, my thoughts. When you, when you've, if you've ever been to a lot of meetings, I came in, I felt very terminal unique, very very unique. I was in a thick shell. I thought no one felt like I did. No one did the things I did. No one thought like I did. After a few months, I could only come to the two conclusions. How did these people get my thoughts or they're not my thoughts? We're listening to a pool of shared thoughts. Yes. We're looking, we're listening to alcoholic thoughts addictive thoughts they're very they're the same in everyone yeah and yet everyone is put in a position of calling them theirs this is the bondage of self yeah all right if there's no one else uh carrie i'm gonna oh we got someone drew i hope i said that right drew that's right yeah um yeah, I, uh, I'm kind of new to this, so this is maybe kind of a naive question. Um, I'm thinking about, you know, step one, admitting powerlessness. Are, are we admitting powerlessness as self, powerlessness over self? Yes. How do I admit powerlessness Just admit if I'm it not anyway, that? Admit it any way you do, that's all. Just like it said in that reading, do it anyway, no matter if you know what's going on or not. Just follow the script of recovery. Yeah? Yeah. And then there'll be effects, and then those will lead you to the next step. So don't worry about if it's you or not you doing it. Just do it. Yeah? Yeah. It can be both. Because it may be you from your innermost doing it, and the head will claim to be the doer of it. So, yeah, I'm believing that there's something in you that wants something to be different. And I don't believe that's coming from self. So just do the first step. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. 
this is really the AA starts at the action figure level. We're not going to think ourselves into right action. We're going to take right action to get some right thought. Yeah. So just do it. No matter what you're thinking, who is it that's doing it? Just do it. Just show up, get commitment, participate. Yes. And don't drink for this next hour or the day or however you can manage it or seemingly something managing it for you and just get this thing rolling and then more gets revealed. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't a meeting of AA. If it was, we would probably concentrate all the time on not drinking at the first step. This is, we're more talking about recovery from the underlying condition, which is the bondage of self. Yes. Yeah. That's why we're presenting this as not a meeting because our intention isn't about you drinking or not drinking. It's, it's more about the underlying condition of the addiction to self. Yes. Yes. And not to get things mixed up. We separate ourselves and we say, this is not a meeting. Yeah. So, but as someone new, don't, don't mentally, uh, you know, uh, what's when when you used to cut the frog up in school what was that called it wasn't an autopsy it was something section. yeah don't you know don't start doing that just do the action make it you know just have you been defeated let's say in this life and have you recognized that the unmanageability really was produced by you managing yes from this other place. That's the first step. Yeah. And then second step, after a few weeks, you will probably come to believe that something uh, has done for you what you couldn't do for yourself because you're probably haven't drank in a few weeks and you haven't been able to do that for years. So that's step two. And then step three is a decision to be made because you're under something else's power. You can't turn your will and life over to the care of anything. It's oh, it's in the care of something else already, which is alcoholism. So we're going to make a decision to turn our will and life over to the care of something else than alcoholism. And then how do we initiate that decision? By step four through nine, the working steps, yeah? So the working steps allow that tight grip of self on us to weaken and the higher power to become much more influential. This is the new employer. This is the old employer, new employer thing. Yeah. And then when that's when you do all that, then step 10 and 11 are to maintain the maintenance of it. And step 12 is really the uh, agenda offered by AA, which is, hey, we're going to help other people achieve this and try to practice these principles in all our affairs. And if you can't, limit your affairs for a while until you can. So the main agenda is to be available to other people and help them achieve sobriety. Yeah, that's the thing. So there you go. So step one, that admitting complete defeat uh, is the doorway. Yeah, To admit powerlessness is the beginning of not experiencing powerlessness. Yeah, So it's a beautiful process, but uh, because the problem resides in the mind, 
especially in the beginning, you don't want the head to have anything to do with your solution. So you act over your head. Yes. You just do what we do, go where we go and you'll get what we get. And then you can start exploring the origin of the misery and shit. But right now, just do it. Yeah. Yeah. That would be my suggestion. Just like I, you know, you could say certain prayers, but I always say it the way it's presented in the book. I just like it that way. So I do the book. I don't pray much anymore, but when I did, I'd I used what was offered in the book. So because something struck me sober and that same something brought me to my first I struck sober. So I got struck sober which would have died on the vine in a couple of days, probably. And I would have probably used again, but I got introduced to recovery that night. Life brought, set off a train of circumstances that brought me to my first meeting. And I've been going ever since. So this power not only struck me sober, it gave me a way of life to, to stay sober for the rest of my life, which is fucking good. Pretty cool. So when I, when I come from there, there's great faith in that which has done for me what I couldn't do for myself. Yeah. It puts in a lot of, yeah. I mean, it was a huge demonstration because no human power could do it. And no human power had done it. And yet I got struck sober. Yeah, it was just completely obvious. Uh, I couldn't do it. My mother couldn't do it. The state couldn't do it. No one seemingly able could get me sober, but something got me sober, struck me sober. Yeah. That's something is what I uh, would vaguely name as the higher power in my life. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Thanks, Paul. Nice to see you, Drew. Yeah. Hey, anyone else or we'll just take off. I think that's it, Paul. All right. Let's see. I'm so happy to be back. And uh, uh, yeah, the gratitude of the relief, I just compels me to want to share for years. Uh, A lot of people get overwhelmed by this. They do. Yeah. People in my own family killed themselves. And, you know, it got so bad because they couldn't, there wasn't any space between what was talking to them and what they were. They believed what was talking to them was them, probably. And it led them to a point of complete hopelessness and they took their lives. I think there's a there's a real possibility of being free from that that voice that talks to you as you. I believe it's not of you, and I can I do believe you can be listening to silence a lot more than all that yapping, and be directed by that silence than all that yapping. And uh, what a great gift to be able to share. You know there is a solution. So, all right.
Kerry, thank you. Thank you for jumping in. And Al, for running the show today. John K, as always. Chris B. Chris B in Monrovia, California. Have you left Mammoth Lakes? Or is it yeah, another? I yeah, I did, Paul. Last oh. Monday. Oh, you happy? Monrovia? Yeah. Oh, closer good. to my closer to my kid. Oh, great, great, great. All right, we've got uh Rose. Uh every uh, I like when it, Rose blooms in the Zoom. Yes, it's it's spring, eternal spring. Nice to see you, Rose. <laughs> Kathleen G. Yeah, all's well, honey. Yeah, good. Mia. I, I guess you're in Greece. Yeah. Wow. Nice to see you, honey. See you soon. Joseph C., my friend. Yes. Rick Rowe in Toronto. Nina in the bastion of L.A. Steve C., San Diego. I'd say John S., Florida. Brian I don't know exactly where Brian is, but Roman Mueller. I know where Roman and Barbara are. Safely at home. <laughs> we both we've survived two retreats. Wow. We need a medical clinic at our next retreat. Yeah. We're gonna have to have a medical team. Yeah. Mika from Finland. Grateful Dave. There he is. Nice to see Dave again. Sean, chilling. Oliver in Berlin, nice to see Oliver. Annette, as always. Miranda, oh Miranda, I'm gonna get to your shirt. I have going. I have to look at them all. I will. I can't. I cannot. Uh, yes. Irene, David S. in South Carolina. Oh, nice. David survived also. I hope thrived. From the retreat, David S. Andrew, Rob, Chris. Oh, David, saying something. How are you, David? Oh, it was great. Good to be here today. Thank you. All right, bro. See you, Christine in Hawaii. Uh, I think that's it. Drew got him. Paul. Yep. Hey, there's other people, but I can't get to the other page. I'll just say hello to everyone. Blanket. Hello, and. Just a, a pleasure. Oh, here's Irene. There she's appeared. Annette, Oliver. Germany. What? From Germany. Thanks, Paul. Ah, nice to see you from Germany, Irene. Yeah, come back again, honey. Yeah. All right. I will. It was good. good but All I right. needed to hear. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. Anytime. Thursday. <laughs> All right, I'll see everyone. We have a meeting on Saturday live and Zoom, the one o'clock Pacific time. It's on. So I'll see you guys. Hopefully, Zoom or live. Bye bye. Thanks, Paul. Carrie. Thanks, Carrie. Thanks, Al. Thanks, Kathleen. Good, Good to, to see, see you. you guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, Carrie, you're growing your hair longer. Yeah, 